Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Detroit Tigers 2, the Cleveland Indians 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And hey, some fun news at the top of the show. If you haven't seen it yet, you have to, because it's been pushed out to all the uh, podcasting sites. The new logo is live. We got a new sort of icon, our our podcast dude, the guy swinging the podcast mic. We've got uh, some new fonts, some new lettering inspired by the new Diamond C that's coming. Uh, the CBM in Cleveland Baseball Mornings has the diamond design to it. So uh, new logo, check it out. It's my pinned tweet uh, on Twitter, at Davey Barris. So go on there and let me know what you think. Leave a comment. Uh, so far, we've heard from our super fan in the UK. He said, nice. Uh, so get on there. It's the pin tweet, at Davey Barris. Yeah, I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to know what you think of the new logo, right? Does it make the show pop out, stand out a little more on Apple Podcasts and some of the other sites? So that's some exciting news. Exciting news for the Indians is Andres Jimenez is back. He was recalled. Eli Morgan is sent down to work on, basically, DeMarlo Hale said, throwing strikes. They know he can throw that slider to both sides of the plate. They know he can attack the strike zone. He's just got to go down there and continue to work on throwing strikes. Now, that leaves them in a sticky situation because they don't know who the starter is going to be on Saturday. So is it going to be a bullpen game? You know, is somebody else going to get called up for a start? We'll see. They don't know what they're going to do yet. Someone threw out Justin Garza, and he said, eh, the guy's been doing good in what he's been doing. So do we want to put him in a situation he's not comfortable with and ruin his confidence? So we'll see. They also have Sam Henches that they can go with as a bullpen game. Like, they could do an opener in front of Sam Henches. There's so many options, and they talk about being creative with these options. They never quite seem to do it. So we'll see what they come up with for the start against the Reds. Um, but Jimenez is back. He's going to play primarily second base, but also uh, give Ahmed Rosario some days off at shortstop to DH maybe once. Fumiel Reyes is feeling healthy enough to go back and play some right field. So lots of moving parts in this last two months for the Indians. Getting everybody on the field, getting everybody playing time, getting everybody experience so you can make some decisions going into the 2022 season, the debut season for the Guardians. So let's get into this game and the big storyline on this game. The huge storyline on this game is the Tigers were basically handing the Cleveland Indians opportunities and the Cleveland Indians were wasting them. Starting in the sixth inning when they load the bases on three straight singles. Now, these singles are very unique singles. Um, and we will get into, I actually want to break down the at-bats that happen after the bases were loaded. So let's go to the sixth inning. Let's find out how these bases got loaded. At this point, the Indians are down at this point to nothing already. So the Tigers put one across in the second, one across in the fifth. And we'll get to Eli Morgan and his pitching in a second. But the Indians now are down to nothing, and they come up in this sixth inning. And after Owen Miller lines out, Ernie Clement singles on a ground ball to Short. I believe it's one that Zach Short had to range for, and Clement was able to beat it out. Straw singles on a nice line drive to right field. 
moves Clement up to second. So that's some good baseball there. Uh, they bring in Michael Fulmer from the bullpen at this point, and we'll get into Tyler Alexander in the matchup between these starters because Alexander pitched very well. Ahmed Rosario singles on a ground ball to, show, uh, to third base. It was a chop. He chopped one out in front of the plate. He hit a dribbler out in front of the plate. Let's go to the actual at-bat here just so I can tell you what the exit velocity was on this one here. Um, Fulmer comes into the game. Ahmed Rosario, 65.8 mile per hour exit velocity, negative 74 degree launch angle, distance two feet. So that is the definition of a chopper out there in front of the plate. It was a slider that was actually reaching across the plate that he reached for and tried to pull. So he beats out the throw um, from Candelario. I mean, Ahmed Rosario basically acts like a bunt single. Moves the runners up. He's safe at first. We got bases loaded now for our all-star, Jose Ramirez. Could you ask for anything better to really get a rally going against the Tigers? One out, bases loaded, Jose Ramirez up, and Jose Ramirez gets into a good battle with him. He goes six pitches. The first pitch is a slider for a called strike, kind of up and away. You understand why he lays off it. The second pitch is a forcing fastball way inside. He doesn't have to worry about. Then a changeup way outside. He doesn't have to worry about. He's now ahead in the count 2-1. He gets another slider, this one on the inside edge, and he fouls it off. I believe this is the one that he rockets down the right field line. That was probably the pitch. That was probably the pitch. And then he keeps attacking him with this hard slider. Throws him one down at the bottom of the strike zone. Now, this one is fascinating because Jose Ramirez checks his swing on this one. And they appeal to third base. They say no swing. My theory is if he doesn't swing, that would be a call to strike three. But because he checked his swing, all the attention was paid to whether he swung or not. And the home plate umpire almost forgot that he could call the, you know, call strike three just based on location. So Jose Ramirez actually steals uh, a call here from the umpires by checking his swing. However, it does him no good. The next one is another slider that he ends up popping out to left field. 45 degree launch angle. Just skies it 233 feet. Nobody can advance. All right. Bases are still loaded. Two outs now, but you got Fermil Reyes up. You got your big feared hitter who just mashes the ball in progressive field. What's going to happen in this at bat? Throws him a hard sinker inside for a ball. Then, uh, I'm sorry, throws him a hard sinker outside for a ball. Then throws him a hard sinker way inside that he fouls off. No reason to swing at that pitch. Then uh, throws him a slider high in the strike zone down the middle of the plate. Something he can extend his arms on. And he just whiffs it. A 93.7 mile per hour slider. It still has crazy uh, vertical break, 22 inches of break, and he swings right through it. Then finally throws him a sinker again down the middle. This time he hits it hard, 102.1 miles per hour, but they had the shift perfectly aligned for him. They had the second baseman kind of right up the middle, uh, doubting his ability to go to the opposite field. If he does sit back and take this onto the opposite field, he probably has two RBIs. Instead, he grounds it right to the second baseman who throws him out to end that threat. So the Tigers were literally, literally giving the Indians opportunities to score in that inning. There were a couple of pitches that were right down the plate, and the Indians just could not deliver 
in that sixth inning. So that one really stings. Then in the seventh inning, Kyle Funkhauser is now in the game. Man, all of these Tigers relievers throw incredibly hard. It is, it is really insane that no one talks about this Tigers bullpen and the velocity that comes out of this bullpen. Uh, maybe because they haven't been that effective. I mean, velocity doesn't always win the day. And I think the Tigers are a pretty good example of that. Uh, the Indians don't have, a, besides Class A, they don't have anyone that lights up the Raider gun like this. Trevor Steffen does a little bit. Um, Karinchek does a little bit, but not like these Tigers guys. So Funkhauser comes in, gets Harold Ramirez to pop up, pop out to first base. Then Oscar Mercado with a nice single to right field, shoots it through the gap into right field. Wilson Ramos with a single on a ground ball to third base. He does the same thing that Ahmed Rosario did in inning before. He hits a little chopper, and you don't expect Wilson Ramos to beat one out. But on a 96-mile-per-hour sinker, he hits it 68.7-mile-per-hour exit velocity, negative 63-degree launch angle, distance one feet, another ground ball. And Candelario, probably at third base, has to be thinking, what in the heck is going on with these you know, swings into the ground? That I, you know, I'm looking bad because these guys keep getting singles off of me. So it moves Mercado up. Owen Miller would then strike out with the runner in scoring position. A wild pitch moves the runners up. Ernie Clement draws a walk in a tough at bat. And then it's up to Miles Straw to try to drive in this run. And unfortunately, Straw gets in the exact same situation as Fermio Reyes did an inning before. He fights a really tough at bat. Throws him eight pitches, five fastballs in a row, touching 97 miles per hour, um, called strike on the fourth on the fourth pitch, fouled off, fouled off, takes one for a ball uh, that, frankly, that's in the strike zone. He's lucky. I think it's because, um, and this is Cisnero in the game now. They bring Cisnero into the game after the Ernie Clement walk. And Cisnero had been throwing his fastballs down, down, down. He throws one at the top of the strike zone that, is in the strike zone. A robot ump is calling that strike three, but because he'd been pounding the strike zone down so much and he'd been fouling those off, he throws one high and gets it called for a ball. And then finally, the eighth pitch of this at bat, where was the location on this? Middle and outside edge of the plate. And Straw does the right thing by trying to shoot it the other way. He hits it 97.9 mile per hour exit velocity just right at first baseman Jonathan Scope. So Scope takes it to the bag, ends the threat. Again, they with the wild pitch, with the walk, they were just handing us opportunities. The Tigers wanted us to score, and we just could not do it. Eighth inning comes around. Again, we get a rally going. I'm in Rosario singles on a ground ball to short. Um, another one where Zach Short had to range and had to try to beat a speedy runner. It couldn't do it. Jose Ramirez then reaches on a fielding error. Cisnero, again, giving us a rally here. This should have been a double play. Instead, Cisnero fields the ball coming back to him and then cannot throw the ball to second base. He throws it in the dirt. He, like, short arms it and throws it in the dirt, and it gets away. Um, and the runners are safe, first and second. So another great opportunity here. Runner in scoring position, arguably our best base runner, Ahmed Rosario, Vermeil Ray is up, and he pops out to first baseman Jonathan Scope in foul territory. Harold Ramirez then pops out to first baseman Jonathan Scope. 
That's an infield fly rule. This is one where the second baseman was like bearing down on Scope. Who was at second base for them? Uh, Castro. And Scope like shoves him away. He's like, what are you doing? Like, this is right to me. I called it. It's an infield fly rule. Like, get off my back, man. Uh, and then Oscar Mercado strikes out swinging to end that threat. How did they get Oscar Mercado? Let's take a look at that at bat. Um, this is Cis this is Cisnero still in the game. Uh, it's a combination of sliders and sinkers. And that sinker is at 97.6, 97.9 miles per hour. So he throws him a slider on the plate for a called strike. And really, that a lot in this inning were Indians hitters taking the first pitch right down the middle for a called strike. Oscar Mercado does it here. Then he fouls off two sinkers. Um, and then finally, the fourth pitch is another slider down that he just swings over. So he laid off a first one right down the middle. Two batters before him, Fermil Reyes did it off Cisnero, took a sinker right down the pipe at the letters that he probably should have swung at. Jose Ramirez in his at-bat, uh, no problems there. Ahmed Rosario in the first at-bat of the inning took a called strike right down the middle with a slider. So uh, clearly they were not going to be aggressive against this narrow uh, and swing at that first pitch. They were laying off it. And I think to Oscar Mercado's detriment, and I think to Fermil Reyes' detriment, they were giving them pitches to hit there, right? They were trying to get strikes over. They sh probably should have swung at those pitches. In the ninth inning, we do bring up the winning run. Wilson Ramos homers off his old team. You think Wilson Ramos was pumped up for this game? His final line on the day, three for four with a run and an RBI on the solo home run. It's a big day for Wilson Ramos against his former team. So he homers. Let's take a look at that at bat. See what pitch he got there. Um, he works a deep count, five, five pitch count. And finally, the pitch that he ends up hitting the homer off of is really the first pitch in the strike zone. They threw him two sinkers high and tight. He threw him two sliders down, and then finally comes back with one on the plate. It's a little bit inside, but it's right at the belly, and Wilson Ramos absolutely cranks this one out to the bleachers and left 106.3 mile-per-hour exit velocity, 431 feet. A big home run for Wilson Ramos. Uh, then Owen Miller follows that up with a single to right. Ernie Clement is called out on strikes. Miles Straw hits into a ground now, but it's only a force out. They get Owen Miller at second. Straw's safe at first. But finally, Ahmed Rosario goes down swinging to end that game. And uh, he worked a decent at-bat, but he took two sinkers for called strikes. I mean, they were really pounding him inside here. And on a 1-0 count, he takes two sinkers on the inside edge for called strikes before finally fouling off the next two pitches. And then finally, the sixth pitch is another slider that he swings through and misses. So they were really pounding him in and tight, and he couldn't do anything with it. Again, probably wasted a chance to swing at some of those sinkers before having to deal with that slider. Took a couple of called strikes here. A 99-mile-per-hour sinkers. So it's a tough day for the Indians at the plate. Wilson Ramos is the only one. Ahmed Rosario also had a multi-hit game. Uh, they're the only ones with multi-hit games. Ernie Clement was on base twice because of the walk. 
Uh, but yeah, wasted, wasted opportunities. One for eight with runners in scoring position. Ten runners left on base. And you know what? They got behind and they just could not come up with the big hit. They've, they've been able to come up with some big hits lately with runners in scoring position. They just could not do it in this game. So that's the big storyline there. Going over to the pitching side of things, um, Eli Morgan had himself a very good start. I mean, very confident, very good start. Both him and Alexander were throwing strikes. On 88 pitches, Eli Morgan threw 63 strikes. Alexander, the starter for the Tigers, on 62 pitches, threw 44 strikes. And let's check the CSW numbers. Let's see what they were throwing, what was working for them. For Tyler Alexander, it was his cutter. Man, he was pounding the strike zone with his cutter. Nine called strikes on 23 cutters. Eleven On 11 swings, three whiffs. It was good for a 52% CSW on his cutter. And he's facing, all, the lefty here is facing all right-handed batters. And he is just pounding them inside with this cutter. And they're just taking it, just laying off it for the most part. Um, you know, almost half the half the cutters, they just laid off. Uh, the changeup he threw next, uh, that only had 13% CSW. His next best pitch was really... Uh, his slider was decent, but he didn't get any swing and miss. Uh, he didn't get a ton of swing and miss on the day. I mean, 29 swings, only six whiffs, only eight foul balls. They were putting it in play against him. 15 balls put in play against him. It was those called strikes on the cutter that were really doing the damage. It's not like he racked up a ton of strikeouts either. I mean, his final line on the day is five and a third, four hits, no earned runs, no walks, and four strikeouts. So, he was pitching to contact. He was just pounding the strike zone and letting the Indians hitters get themselves out. And uh, he is someone who's bounced between the bullpen and starting. But ever since he's been starting, he's been doing okay. If you look at his game logs lately, um, he's been racking up the start since after the All-Star break, since July 17th. And he's 2-0 and in that time. And he's pitched fairly well. He had one tough start against the Twins, where he gave up five runs on four innings pitched. Uh, his last two starts against Baltimore, he gave up two runs on four innings pitched. And then against us, shuts us out on five and a third. So he's done fairly well. If you look at his splits as a starter versus a reliever, um, his, uh, his ERA isn't really any better it's a 4.13 ERA as a starter compared to a 4.50 as a reliever. Batting average against is 2.63 as a starter, um, 2.70 against him as a reliever. So slightly better there, slightly better on all those numbers. And then what's strange is that a lot of his strikeout numbers are down. Now, obviously, you're spreading this out over more innings, but his Ks per nine are down. His walks per nine are down, though. Right, so this kind of all balances out. His home runs per nine are exactly the same, 1.5. Uh, so yeah, his K percentages, walk percentage are both down. Betting average against is down. His whip is down, though. The BAPIP, betting average balls in play, is down as a starter. Uh, but his FIP, his fielding independent pitching, is up. So kind of, uh, kind of doing about the same as a starter versus a reliever, but... Um, you know, he's racking up wins as a starter and not taking any losses. So that is pretty good from Alexander. He pitched pretty well against us. I got to say, I did not expect us to struggle against the cutter as much as we did. Eli Morgan on the other side of things, it's a pretty good day for him. His best pitch 
was his changeup. And we know we've heard all about his changeup. He was really doing a good job of throwing that first strike. Seven called strikes on 25 changeups. And then three swings and misses. Uh, three whiffs on 13 swings. It's good for a 40% CSW on that pitch. So yeah, that's his best pitch of the day. He was getting decent called strikes on all his pitches except for the curve, which he only threw three times. Uh, the fastball slider changeup combo mostly. It's good for a 31% CSW total on the day. And I told you he was throwing strikes. And if we go over to the illustrator here, uh, man, he is really filling up the strike zone, especially with that fastball and that slider. He was throwing that slider for a strike a lot. A few sliders reached across the plate. And then the changeup he keeps to the left edge of the plate from the catcher's view, right? He keeps that changeup over here. He threw a lot of things up. He wasn't throwing things as down as much as we've seen in the past. We've seen that changeup really bottom out. He was keeping it up and uh, keeping those hitters off balance with that slider changeup fastball combo. His final line of the day is seven innings pitched, only six hits, two earned runs, a walk, and three strikeouts. That's a really solid line. That's a quality start right there. Unfortunately, he takes the loss because the Indians can't deliver any big hits and on a night when he really set them up to win. That is the line of a winning pitcher right there. That is a good start from Eli Morgan. He deserves more than one win on this season. This guy should have a few more wins under his belt at this point because he's pitching really well. Uh, he was thrown to Wilson Ramos, who he had thrown to in AAA, so they had a little bit of familiarity there. That's one of the reasons why uh, he decided tonight, you know, DeMarlo Hale decided tonight would be a good night for Wilson Ramos to spell Austin Hedges. It's a pitcher he knew a little bit. So Ramos gets in there and has himself a great day against his former team. In fact, MVP for the day on this one has to go to Wilson Ramos. Uh, again, three for four with the big home run in the ninth inning. He was trying everything he could to beat his former team, and it shows in the box score. So MVP for the day, the new catcher just called up from AAA, the veteran journeyman now, Wilson Ramos, uh, takes home the hardware there. So that's kind of all my thoughts on this game. I mean, it's the wasted opportunities. I told you the I told you the at bats. I told you exactly the situations, what went down. Uh, that was really the storyline of this game. So there's uh there's a lot more to come. Oh, I did forget about Miles Straw. Did have a really nice uh, defensive play in center field, coming and diving in to save a run early in this game. Uh, that was the defensive gem for the Indians on this one. Straw in center field is really, really going to make some highlight reel plays. Before I get out of here, just a little bit more news that came down the pipe from Cleveland.com. Uh, they said that Bobby Bradley, it's just a bruised knee. We were right. It's the play where he dove into home trying to score against the Tigers two nights ago. It's just a bruised knee. They said it was a little sore, and so he'll be he'll be back in the lineup hopefully in a few days. I'm sure they're doing ice and heat and whatever, um, some stretching with him to get some feeling back in that knee. So he should be back. Owen Miller obviously is a backup first baseman. Obviously, Harold Ramirez came in to replace him. And uh, Harold Ramirez said that he had played it uh, in the winter ball. In winter ball down in Columbia, he had played first base. So he said, I'll do it. I'll play some first. You know, I'll help Bobby out. So that's why Harold Ramirez ended up at first. So I guess he's our emergency 
first baseman. I always wonder if Ahmed Rosario, I mean, he's tall and lanky. I always wonder if Ahmed Rosario might have a future playing some first base. He's been great at short, but obviously with Andres Jimenez back, um, it creates a situation where uh, you know Andres Jimenez is a natural shortstop. He's going to play second base, but would that be a way of getting both of them on the field if Andres Jimenez was playing short that day, could Ahmed Rosario play some first base? So we'll see. We'll see what options become available as the Indians move players around. All right. That's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Progressive Field. It's the Tigers 2, the Indians 1. We'll be back tomorrow. Let's check who is going to be on the mound in that game. It's going to be Plesak against Willie Peralta for the Tigers. And uh, Plesak really needs to work things out after that Blue Jays game. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Go on there and let me know what you think of the new Cleveland Baseball Mornings logo. What you think of the new pod dude, the podcast dude swinging that podcast mic. You can also email the show, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.